We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky left. What's good with it? It's hump day, middle of the week. I hope everyone is doing well this morning. We're brought to you by Anora Whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com. Also, MalikZaida.com is where you can get that. And you can also book all your travel needs during the holiday season. Don't forget MalikZaida.com. Left. It's always funny when we have uh, guests on the show. That's right. To see the comments after the show. Notre Dame fans were going hard at our brother Ken Diggs after the show. I'm glad they're going hard because the discussion is very worth it, especially when it comes to who deserves and who doesn't deserve in college football. But the thing is, there is no such thing as fair. And that needs to be... uh, established when you're talking about this stuff because fair is objective and at the end of the day what college football is and what it's turning into is definitely opposite of objective is definitely based on money and the subjective feelings that somebody has towards it so when it comes to florida state not getting in that's a subjective thing yeah it's a subjective thing because because you know you got to throw numbers out when it because how are you going to like for instance the heisman it's, it, is it even a numbers thing anymore? Or is it a beauty pageant contest? Because if you're going by the numbers, I'm a Jaden Daniels fan in that respect. But then again, if you're going by the beauty pageant uh, perspective, Michael Penix is hands down. But then if you're going by who's the best guy in, in college football, that's Caleb Williams. Right, right, right. So <laughs> you're going to tell me Caleb Williams is the best quarterback, especially the number one quarterback going into the draft this year, doesn't deserve to be in New York? There's four other quarterbacks better than him? Come on. Come on. Now, I like the Michael Penix argument. You know, big fan of Michael Penix. He's done everything that Caleb was supposed to do this year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How do you look past our guy, Caleb Williams? Man, you... You, you hit it right on the head, man, because it's so subjective. A lot of these awards, and that's, that's when you use the word deserving, I think any there are a lot of people that don't even make the finalist list that, that, are, that are deserved. That's right. That's right. Like, all you estimate, it's the argument that can be made whether or not he was deserving of the Dope Walker Award. He deserves it, but is it? I mean, but what's the word I'm looking for then? It's it's not so much of a deserving thing because of course he deserves it from all that he's put in, but the the ah man, because you can't say earned it. He's earned it. If anything, mm-hmm. he earned it more than he deserves it. So what's it, that word? I'm because for, it's right? subjective. It's almost like the Hall of Fame in professional sports. The athletes that weren't liked by the media while they were playing have a more difficult time getting in. Why? <laughs> because the people that vote are the media. Think about how crazy T.O.'s story is. T.O. had a thousand yard seasons with like four different teams. Yeah. Four different teams had like a thousand yards each team and yeah. it couldn't be a first ballot Hall of Famer. How? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy so, because when you think about that level, like I said, you know, when you start making humans part of a process, they fall in love with stories, they fall in love with other things that have nothing to do with the play on the field and the stats. And Notre Dame fans were kind of disgruntled with us because we just tried to simply make the point, all you estimate doesn't have any big moments. He doesn't, he doesn't. He had 200 something plus yards in the Stanford game. I couldn't remember one run. The, 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 um, the Duke game was his biggest moment. That And that's all I can remember from a look back and be like, how impactful was Aldrich Estimate? That's as far as I get, is he won the game for Duke. But other than that, he's been productive where you should say, oh, he's got more highlights than that. But, but which ones? A bunch of four yard runs, five yard runs, squirts out for 17 here and there. Mm. And on a on an NFL level, that's great. That's very productive. But Audrey Estimate isn't gonna be selling jerseys. He ain't gonna be in the top five jersey sales for rookies. Mm. 
but I, I, I bet you what, he's going to be in the game a lot. So that's just how some players' careers pan out. Shit, I only played, at best, seven quarters. Mm-hmm. Seven or eight quarters. And I can guarantee you there's people that at least remember one or two moments that I've had in those few few amount of snaps. Not saying that everybody remembers. I'm sure not everybody remembers. But I've had people remind me. And I'm like, damn, you remember that? And I barely, you know, scratched the surface. So some moments stand out bigger than others. But productivity is something that's judged objectively when it comes to getting money. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if Audrey Estimate was how they're trying to do college fo- college sports now and have the schools pay and have the schools pay players through a trust fund, Audrey Estimate has a resume to get paid anything he want on paper. Yeah. And so if like- he had to go negotiate with Notre Dame and be like, I need $2 million. I'm putting up X amount of yards a season, X amount of touchdowns, you know, yeah. But – we even give beauty pageant money out. We gave Sam Hartman two million for what? Yeah. For what? Sam yeah. Hartman, what you getting two million for? Because yeah. of what he's been through. We literally paid him off for what he accomplished, not what he did for Notre Dame. Because if we had to pay him at the end of the season, which we should have did, put like a trust fund for Sam Hartman. So every good game we throw a couple extra hundred thousand in there or something. Yeah. That way we get our money's worth. Okay, you you didn't win the three game contract. You won one of them, so that's that's a that's a fifty thousand dollar bonus. You 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 got us to ten wins. That's fifty thousand. You know, hundred hundred fifty or something. But but that extra money, them them, them two games, that was yeah. the that was the five hundred thousand dollar games. That was a two hundred fifty. If you beat USC, I mean, you beat Clemson and Ohio State. That's your that's your million, two million. That's what we paying for. Man, Lucky Lucky Podcast. Well, you already know what time it is, man. We're on CAB Nation, presented by Twisted Yeah, yeah. So tap in with this audio edibles each and every day. Hold on, hit it one more time. Hit it one more time. Hey, yo, CFB Nation presented by Twisted Hey, We're going to get the name of our R&B group soon, bro. I'm telling you, we got we to gotta drop that ringtone now. <laughs> Are you sending back to the ringtone? We got to do the ringtone. Yo, I might as well bring you back. Yo, what was that? What was the phone T-Mobile had, dude? The sidekick. The sidekick, yeah. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So were you a sidekick? right now the sidekick could be hot in the streets. Were you a sidekick or the other one with the little ball? Man, I was the the Blackberry. The Blackberry, uh, yeah. The the slide. Ooh, the Blackberry slide thing. And it clicked. Oh, you thought I was on the Hey, man, my boy was in the record (laughs) himself was a record exec with Sony, and he still has his Blackberry to oh, this day. Man. How does he still have it? I'm surprised they even have a network. He probably can't go outside his neighborhood. Somehow, some way, it connects to something. And he doesn't use it. He just kept it. Right, right. I wish I could get like, mine, because that thing is Because I think a lot of record execs use Blackberry, so for him, it's kind of sentimental. So, man... I mean, he literally has it. And it's in good shape. It's really in good shape, bro. He took care of it. Lucky Lefty Podcast, right. man. Let's get to it, Left. What's smoking? 
Yo, what's smoking brought to you by Fashion Geek, AlonzoJackson.com, Fashion Geek, we run the city. So, today, needless to say, to work, I'm on this Needless to say, today is a pretty important day for uh, Notre Dame. <laughs> Left what aggravates me is, you remember, maybe you, because I had, you know, I don't know how it went when you were shorty, but like everybody in our house had like specific areas of the house. That was their chore. That's right. Yeah, we had to. We had to. <laughs> right. I had my bedroom, and and also, I had the bathroom. Right. That was mine. But right, because you call that the den. You call you call that no. where you at right now the den. Or this the is, library. It's my office. It's my office. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just yeah, call yeah. it my office. So, you have to understand. Before my twin sisters came along, it was just three boys. Now understand I'm responsible for cleaning our bathroom. Three boys. You already know, bro. You already know what the side of the toilet. You know, my, my baby brother. It's damn near as bad as the McDonald's bathroom. <laughs> you, 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 you regret the same. You're like, man, I know I can't go in there because, you know, your brother's going to be a little more ornery. Than they would in a public man. place. So man, a little less careful. Man. Like that. <laughs> it's one thing to clean up after yourself in your bathroom, but to clean That's up right. after some younger brothers in the bathroom, boy, that was an experience. And I promise you, it still impacts me to this day because I hate Oh, for sure. Up. You probably look at cleaning they the bathroom do. way different. Oh man. <laughs> and my mother is one of those types, bro, where she comes and inspects and makes you do it over again if it's not. Uh, she hit you with the there's a spot right there. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, she hit like, you. Dude. She hit you with what you what you been doing because this ain't toilet, like toilet has to be spotless. It's a streak on the glass. Get the Windex oh, yeah. again. Do it again. It all. Oh, they hit man. you with. They just start pointing. Nah, that ain't it. And that it's amazing it. how <laughs> this is this is where I want to go to to set up the visits of Riley Lennon and Bo Collins. Why do parents go harder when you're cleaning for other people that are visiting than for just the regular people in the house? Like, if I'm going to go hard, I'm going to go hard for the people that live in the house every day. That's right. But, man, when it's the holiday and you got people coming over, oh, my dude. Yeah, if it's the Thanksgiving cleanup before people come man. to the house, it's, you would have thought it was deep cleaning season. You cleaning stuff that the, the, the people coming over wouldn't even see. Dude. Why are we cleaning the ceiling fans? Why are we washing the walls? <laughs> they ain't even coming down here. Don't you? Because, you know, every house got that restricted area. Hey, you can't go upstairs. You know, that's, you know, you can't. Now, <laughs> you got to go to the bathroom down there. Yes, I do have an answer. Because I've had this conversation with, you know, my mom, the missus, and according to them, for the lady of the house, no one else in the house gets hit with the label of being nasty other than the lady of the house. That's why they go so hard when visitors come over. Because, like, if you go to someone's house and it's nasty, you, dude, you're not thinking that the dude is nasty. You're like, yo, 
And I was like, okay, I I, I can get that. I can but get be, that. Is that. So that means being clean is a feminine trait? Sort of? I don't know if I would go that far. I think it just it's attached as a label. No, oh, yeah, facts. To, to them more than it is to the male trait. So in that stead, I don't really think they would care as much about it if that wasn't the case in a lot of instances. That's right. You know, it's just, I guess, yeah, it's one of those double standards. If you want to call it a double standard, right. it could be. So how clean, after last week, how clean is Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame trying to make everything look with, with Riley Leonard coming in? Because, I mean... I'm sure Riley Leonard has heard and knows everything that's going on with the wide receiver room. But you're still trying to sell and pitch this man on why he should come to Notre Dame. What's, well, what's your pitch to Riley Leonard, Left? And I don't have a pitch to Riley Leonard because man, it's play it's nice. It's play nice. We're trying to give good content, dude. Play nice. Play nice to Riley. This is good content. That's for today. I think if anything, I would think uh, Riley Leonard, I would just approach it as what we have to offer and the potential of where we can go. I would just explain the potential. So I would say, you know, hey, we have obviously need help in certain areas. We believe we can get to this X amount of wins, X amount of things without you. But mm-hmm. when it comes to where your role is, you know, it's all about defining a role. I don't think Riley Leonard should just come like Sam Hartman and we just roll out the parade and the bouquet for him because I just think that's just – we've done that and it hasn't paid out for us. So, if anything, I'm saying, Riley Leonard, this is your role. We need you to get us to the playoffs and we need to go deep in the playoffs. So, your, your whole season and what we paying you to come here for is not based on this regular season mm-hmm. because that's how we can get there on our own. So don't think just coming in here playing good is good enough. The expectation is to get to the championship so or first round by. And if you can't do that, then, you know, it's, this place isn't for you. If you're just looking to get film and get to the league, then we shouldn't accept you. You should be having the mindset of, I need to elevate this team. And your role for that is getting to the playoffs and going deep in the playoffs with you. Yeah, I, I I think Jared Parker, who's making the pitch last year, was Tommy Reese making the pitch to Sam Hartman. I think Jared Parker has some things that he'll present, but I wish I could be a, a fly on the wall to hear the questions that Riley Leonard has. Because to me, that's the most interesting aspect, bro. I don't think he's going in there with questions. I think he's going in there, head going to be spinning, oohing and on, and and knows. Because at the end of the day, Riley Leonard's coming from Duke. Riley Leonard's not coming from no Alabama, no USC, no uh, prominent uh, football place where you can say, oh, this he's he, we got to steal. I don't think anybody is feeling like we got to steal. I think people are feeling like, oh, we've got a different person to fill in for that position. So Bo Collins comes in for the visit as well from Clemson with Riley Leonard. Do you feel like that was purposeful for those two guys 
or even purposeful for Notre Dame, being able to have both of those guys on campus simultaneously. Yeah, it's definitely an advantage to show your, your potential future quarterback that they that we're trying to bring you help. And Bo Collins serves as a guy with some – he doesn't have the Chris Mitchell numbers, but he brings the prestige of being a, a guy coming from a top program like Clemson. It's just Bo Collins has some of the same question marks I have in terms of impact because what's the difference between Bo Collins and JT? Well, JT is an inside receiver. JT is not an outside receiver left. He's a slot receiver. Well, Bo Collins got the same speed as a JT. They both got the same build. Well, you asked me what the difference was. I, I mean, they played – They one is better on the inside and one is better on the outside. I, they're 40 times. Bo Collins is faster than Jaden Thomas. I'm not I about to sit I up here and act like I have I a stopwatch on either one of them, but – just in Wisconsin, JT will be an outside receiver. In the Big Ten, JT will be an outside receiver. I think we, in the way we run our offense, we put the small, fast guys on the inside. I mean, on the outside. Man, you're going real hard. You're going real hard on the Big Ten, bro. Don't I mean, you, you do realize fast receivers for years have been at Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. I mean. No, I'm saying the body type, body type, body type. Okay, look, okay. Look I thought Michigan. you were just throwing shade at the entire conference like there is no speed receivers. No, no, no. They got no, – certain schools got speed. Some Purdue had four or three guys at running back for a good minute. Mm -hmm. They had two, four, three running backs when Amir's dad was the strength coach over there that they end up getting a little cup of coffee in the league. But in terms of body type, JT's body type could be an outside receiver for some for some offensive teams like a Wisconsin and Nebraska. You know, I think Notre Dame's such a hybrid place that his him being able to work inside is just his advantage because we wanted, you know, the small, fast guys on the outside like Braden Lindsey. Yeah, well, I think when they what explain this. Jaden Thomas played inside his first two years. He tried to go outside, and he immediately got injured. Jaden Greathouse started off out inside. They tried to move him to the boundary. When injuries hit, he got injured. What is it about guys that play inside, trying to play outside, possibly being out of position, that puts more stress on hamstrings? And is it really that much of a difference? Well, you you just a lot of change of speed and tempo type of routes in the inside. On the outside, your ass got to run. You're running go mm -hmm. routes. You're running fast stop routes, comebacks, the type of stuff that we've been running. So the, the, the length and stride length changes when you're going from inside to outside, especially with stuff we're running where we just tell you run post and goes and post and goes. And, and so we don't even run slants that often. So you got to think, inside, you're usually dealing with a press, usually working through traffic, usually finding areas and zones. Uh, you It's very, very rare that you're just running scot-free. You're going to run through somebody's putting their hands on you, trying to run to the flat. So there's many different change of pace. That's why you got the smaller, faster guys that can stop and start better in the slots because they have more to do. And you have more field to work with. So as a bigger receiver, you know, if you're not just a, a straight line type of guy, like yeah. we had Corey Robinson, Chris Brown, straight line speed type of guys that 
are track guys in a sense. Corey wasn't a track guy, but Corey was just a linear guy. You ain't seeing Corey doing a lot of cutting. He's just a, I'm a jog off the line, you throw it up, which is a, a skill, you know, but it's also a role to play. We didn't put no Corey on the inside, tell him run reverses and cross the fields and stuff like that. It was getting that 20, 20 and going in. It's Corey Robinson time. It's alley Oop, Lob City, David Robinson with the Spurs time. Mm-hmm. When you in the 20 going out, oh, Chris Brown, we need we need to get midfield, down the field. Will Fuller, you know, with us, we didn't really have a role for our receivers. So I always believed Jaden Greyhouse was going to be a better outside guy, but they got him on the inside. I thought Braden Lindsey would be a better inside guy. They had him on the outside. So it just shows you that, you know, I don't know if we – it's a physical thing when it comes to having guys be bigger on the outside for blocking. That's why we had the miles. We moved him outside. EQ was outside. Chase was outside for blocking purposes. But it goes back to how we run our offense. We don't have Aldrich next year. Do we have a back that we do give it the ball to like Aldrich? I don't know. We have backs that are explosive. I think Jeremiah Love, him and Jadarian Price, I don't – I wouldn't say that's the main part of the offense going in. I think it's more of a balance than any of the years before. You know, we don't really have a Josh Adams or Aldrick or CJ this year. We have more, of, in my opinion, role players yeah. that can become bigger roles in an offense. But I don't see Jeremiah Love – being the most effective just playing running back. You know, I think he could be used in some creative ways to get the ball to, like, you think of a guy like Sky Moore for Kansas City. He's catching little uh, RPOs and screens and running the ball and running some he stuff. Can be a, he could be a Marshall Falk type. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what his hands look like because I see him running between the tackles. But, you know, this is a – wide open offense this year in my opinion in terms of the direction of who your main players can be yeah we're bringing in chris mitch we're bringing in bo collins let's say we get both of those guys i mean that deserves some attention i think more than the attention we needed to give out last year because we just didn't have or we didn't trust enough what we had to to make them a main factor we didn't trust to bias enough for whatever reason you know that's why i keep saying it's just going to be a shame to watch him be on ESPN scoring a bunch of points. And us not have an answer for that, you know, because that's unexcusable. And it'll reflect bad on the program because they're going to be like, damn, Notre Dame was holding you back. <laughs> that is definitely how it's going to be looked at. And now, and look. We don't need that. Lorenzo Styles, you know, him, him not being able to stay and then – land other places. Everybody that leaves Notre Dame goes somewhere just as big or good opportunity, but people that come here, we getting them from <laughs> we getting them from Massachusetts and these lower places. I just I would expect more from us. Like, when's that, when's that transfer like Jermaine Burton going to happen? When he goes from a Bama or a Georgia and then goes to a another power top school, you know, or A.J. Mitchell. We need one of them trades. You go from Georgia to Texas. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. 
It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Every transfer is not created the same. Like, Burton only left Georgia. He didn't leave uh, Georgia to, to win. He was coming off a national championship. He'd already done that. So now he had to selfishly look out for himself. And that dude chose, look, you know who his quarterback of Georgia was. That dude chose NIL money and Bryce Young. That, that was a simple business decision. I want my stats to go up. Let me go play with Bryce Young and take this bag. But that's our problem. Chris Mitchell didn't come for the quarterback. No. Bo Collins ain't coming for the quarterback, even if Riley Leonard's coming. He ain't come. That wasn't on his agenda. His agenda was go somewhere where he can get bigger. That's just mm -hmm. where Notre Dame is at this point. No, nobody's coming to Notre Dame because of the quarterback right now. Hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, that's very interesting. But, you know, we do know that Notre Dame and the transfer portal also has limitations, right? Um, Chris Mitchell is a grad. So grad transfers are, are much easier at Notre Dame than undergrad transfers. We always see the undergrad transfers coming from either Northwestern, Vanderbilt, or, you know, educational institutions that kind of line up with the respect of Notre Dame and the credits can transfer over. You're not going to see a lot of transfers undergrad coming from Ohio State unless they're literally in their last year or really close to graduate. Now, is, that a, is, that a, is that a fact or we choose not to take oh, that's just guys? It's not just about, oh, I like this guy. The guy has to get into the university. No, I'm saying, um, I'm sorry. I'm saying, is it only a grad? Is it certain positions is only grad transfer like, or are we just not taking no, any two year guys? No. Because no. I, I don't remember I've the last to see, time we took a two year guy. I've yet to see a freshman, I've yet to see a guy transfer to Notre Dame that had two years, two years. or more of right, right. Now, is that on purpose? I think that's on, that's a purposeful thing. Because I think the true value of a transfer is a two-year process, unless he's just like, unless it's like a, I don't even, I can't even think of a situation where one year has worked out for a guy that's not a running back, 
running backs he can work for, I think. But quarterbacks, receivers usually need two years in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, Jermaine needed two years. Once again, like everybody's saying, Aloy Gilman. Aloy Gilman was coming from the Naval Academy, dude. Yeah, but from an educational standpoint, once again, you're not getting two year guys that are coming from the University of Illinois. No. Because the academics don't line up. They don't. The Naval Academy is one of the top educational institutions in the, in the in the world. All yeah, of the it's hard to get into the Naval Academy to Notre Dame. Just about. Ben Joseph got lucky because he went to Northwestern. Joseph was easy. Ben Skaronic was easy. They were coming from Northwestern, like you said, love. Uh, the kid. Chris Smith last year, Harvard. Harvard. That's he what came saying. from Harvard. Harvard, Jesus. Josh Kelly is going to be a grad guy if he decides. Yeah, it's to come. either grad or a prestigious school. Right. I don't know. Uh, Riley Leonard is coming from Duke. 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 Wake Forest is hard to get into, too. Right. People keep coming with these names, but they're missing the point. Notre Dame is not about to have a gluttony or cannot go into the transfer portal going after guys from state schools. Yeah, we're not Colorado. It just doesn't match up. Yeah, we're not Colorado. Colorado would do that. Can it happen? Yeah, every blue moon, like I said, every transfer is not built different. Sam Hartman was a grad transfer. Yeah. That's it. Has nothing to do with athletes. It's very hard, dude. It's yeah, the last reason. thing. One of the things athlete. everybody talks about Rudy, right? Watch the movie Rudy and watch how difficult the transfer process is just for a normal, a good normal student. Yeah, most guys that you know, I have some dorm friends. They they had to go to Holy Cross for a couple years and 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 literally have the best grades of their life, and then they had to go do some crazy service in some unknown yeah. African territory yeah. for a summer. Had to intern with three banks. Yeah, and then they came over. <laughs> like uh, Roger Blackman, the Carter kid that transferred in, took a red shirt. That's why he has another year. He didn't play more than four. He didn't play. And he's a grad kid. So when you're a grad kid, that changed. The, the rules for grad transfers are different. Once again, Notre Dame does not give the football program the flexibility to go out and get guys with two or plus more years. They don't. That's one of the issues. That's one of the things Marcus Freeman is trying to work with administration and work with people backwards to change, to give them a larger pool of guys. Yeah, because a lot of it too. You don't think you don't think more transfer? No, you don't think Marcus Freeman would love to go get Evan Stewart from Texas A and M? That's who we're supposed to get. That's the that's the transfer you get excited about. That is no chance. If you're gonna get a dude, that's the dude. And them Texas A&M credits are not transferring to Notre Dame. No. <laughs> we don't have underwater basket weaving. 
We don't no. have uh, agriculture, uh, you know, growing garden class. We don't got none of that. So that's the, you know, he going to have to go through admissions, which Marcus Freeman loses majority of the time. So basically any NFL young prospect that happens to be in the transfer portal, mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen unless he's just like, I mean, he got to be a, a hell of a student. But how many hella students do we have that are sophomores ready about to go to the league next year? Right. Just need a, just need another opportunity. Yeah. And you is think- a prime example of what we can't get, but yeah. we need from a talent standpoint to make us feel better. Yeah. It's hard to hype up a Bo Collins. It's hard to hype up any guy really that's four or five years in and gone to the league yet that's trying to elevate our team. Yeah. Team elevators are usually out of there as redshirt sophomore juniors or, you know, something has to drastically happen for a talent, talent, talent to change Notre Dame's team right now to mm-hmm. be in the portal. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a difficult situation. But, I mean, it's something that every coach, Brian Kelly, had to deal with. You know, there was no portal like it is today, you know, during Brian Kelly's era. But the transfer, you know, requirements were the same. They were the same. And, um, hey, man, I understand. I understand. It, it's, it's frustrating. It is. You know, like Jay Henry says, Walter Nolan. Heck, yeah, I would like to have Walter Nolan in the middle of the defensive line next year. We definitely can't build no D-line with this, these transfer rules. So, you know, think about it. We had to get a guy from Harvard. <laughs> We had to get a hey real talk. Line. Real talk. Chris Smith played very well for us. But I'm saying that's that's an anomaly. How many Harvard D linemen getting transferred out and being productive other places? It's, have I mean, you seen on. have you seen the number of Ivy League players that are in the transfer portal? Man, it's crazy that you said that because I've seen the same thing and been wondering, like, you know, is it the league and these guys are just talented for their league? I, I think the transfer portal for Florida and schools like Florida International, Ivy League schools that really never got a shot has changed the game, right? Because it used to be the junior colleges where most of the power five schools would go to and heavily scout. Now you have people on staff and their entire job is to scout Florida International, UTSA, all of these smaller schools to find yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, these schools have been the honeypot for a lot of the bigger schools, unfortunately, mm-hmm. unfortunately, unfortunately, which is kind of odd thinking that same same power conference transfers would have more impact, but that hasn't been the case. The dude from Rhode Island, the lineman had like 40 offers from Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> you that much of a talent that you was looked over and had to go to Rhode Island, now you got 40 offers? Good grief. I can't. I won't knock the hustle. Young men that put in the work to get noticed and improve themselves, and then Power Five coaches deem them worthy of a scholarship at a Power Five school. It's just a new way of the world. It's the new way of the world, man. And it is just one of those situations where, um, hopefully, hopefully, people of Aqua. Notre Dame administration and Marcus Freeman 
can find a happy medium somewhere. Because I don't think the majority of Notre Dame fans, I don't think they want Notre Dame to just totally go away from the academic excellence that exists. I don't, yeah, I'm, I don't think that's what people are asking, right? Because, I mean, for a lot of schools, look at Minnesota. They were five and seven, and the only reason they were eligible for a bowl game is because of the level of academic excellence that was exhibited by their team this year. That's a rule. Like, if you win five games, but you, you know, exceed in the classroom as a program, you, you have a special eligibility for a bowl game. That's the reason Minnesota got in to the bowl season. So, I mean, that's always expected at Notre Dame. That's par for the course. When we started talking about the transfer portal, I understand that it's hard to ask an institution to change its bylaws for admissions. Because once again, a football player has to be admitted to the school, which is why the portal opens when it opens to give time for the young men and women to do their due diligence so they can be registered by the second week of January when most schools and most students are going back. There is an academic side to this situation. And that's why it's easier for grad transfers because admitting them to a program, which is like a clean slate, there is no transfer. If you're a grad transfer, you're coming in. Yes, they're looking at your grades, but they don't have to transfer any grades. You already have your undergraduate. It's basically acknowledging the undergraduate degree and accepting you into the graduate program in whatever capacity. So it's a, it's a much easier process. Undergrad process, especially going after, you know, the state schools and other schools that are not lined up with Northwestern, Harvard, Vanderbilt, and the schools on that level. From an educational standpoint, it makes it more difficult, right? Because just in general, certain schools don't accept certain credits from certain from other schools. That's just for regular students, just in general. If you work with your, your football program or your athletic programs, you would think there would be a little bit more leniency because of the factor of, man, the revenue that can be generated, right? I think Evan Stewart would impact, or Walter Nolan would impact the revenue of Notre Dame football next year. Heck, I think Riley Leonard if he commits to Notre Dame, would impact the revenue of Notre Dame next year. But, you know, and even when we come to recruiting, I wouldn't say Notre Dame lowers their standards, but Notre Dame has, does work from a recruiting standpoint. Everybody in the recruiting class for Notre Dame is not a 3.5 student. And I'm not here to, you know, put GPAs out there. But every year there are some exceptions made by the university 
to benefit the football program. Maybe like one or two. Right? Everybody on the football squad didn't come in as a 3.5 student. You know, but you're not about to get. I think the combined GPA of the two, the 23 class was something, I think Brian Driscoll wrote an article, something crazy like 3.62 or something like that. It was crazy. It was like a special class where like, I think Keon Keeley's GPA was like, before he decommitted was high. Peyton Bowen's GPA was high. Drake Bowen's GPA was ridiculous. Christian Graves was like 3.7 or something. I mean, the best players in the class, they were dudes, but they were also, man, fantastic students, you know? But like I said, I, I will give Notre Dame that. They do make exceptions on the recruiting side on an annual basis. Well, at least, you know, it probably two to three guys per class that might not be, that would not normally be able to get into the University of Notre Dame. And like you said, you bring up Brandon Hillman. They asked Brandon Hillman to do something, and he didn't meet the requirement. They asked Bronte Johnson to do something, and he did it. And he's in a 24 class. It's like as much as I would have loved for them to just go ahead and just allow Brandon Hillman to come in, they gave, like, hey, you're in if you do this. He didn't meet the goal. He didn't meet the goal. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Crook, I can tell you right now, there, there have been players allowed into Notre Dame to play football that did not reach the 3.0 threshold. Now, that might make everybody gasp. Like, oh, my God. That's why I tip my cap to administration, because in a lot of ways, the administration has been lenient over the years, you know? And uh, I'll be honest, if we really did a, a deep dive into those guys that were given the opportunity, I would venture to say that those guys actually turned into good students at Notre Dame. They were given the opportunity and they turned into good students at Notre Dame, and they would be great ambassadors for Notre Dame. And the only reason they got into Notre Dame is because of the exploits athletically. You know, which goes to show you can't always read a book by its cover. No, you look at a high school GPA and assume, like, this kid can't work in this environment. And the next thing you know, they get in the environment, and the environment pulls the best out of them. So, um, yeah, we'll see how things play out, man. We'll see how things play out. Sorry, I didn't. No, yeah. I, know you, I know, bro. I did. <laughs> to get everybody together. <laughs> so, we're just closing the conversation on, you know, the transfer portal and Notre Dame admissions and everything. And I will say, as I was telling our fans, Notre Dame does make exceptions on the recruiting side. Like, everybody is not a 3.5 student right, in the recruiting right, right, class right. in Notre Dame. They, 
they allow maybe two to three guys every cycle. And yeah, they let a couple. Yeah, our recruiting class had two or three. You know that it was like, how'd you, how'd you finagle this? You know, you're not the, you the you the odd one out the bunch, but they got mm-hmm. you here. You know, but those are usually guys that are they whole career. You just kind of wonder like, how they getting you through this? Mm-hmm. It's kind of unwritten unwritten rules or whatever. But you know, from the perspective of the challenges that Notre Dame gives themselves, is I keep going back to it's a choice of what we uh, or how we want to go about it because at the end of the day if we really was like these other top programs then we would we would have been paid whatever it took to win and that's just not necessarily the way we want to go about it which is respectable I mean we hell we still ain't joined the conference and I know that's probably frustrating for people not Notre Dame just to have as an entity that exists outside the conference structure and still having so much that they put forth. So I think uh, for us, we gave us or gave ourselves that challenge and, you know, don't let us win one doing it the way we want to do it because it, yeah. it, it, it'll just set a hard precedent for us to ever want to change. Yeah. But then it'll set a precedent for the rest of college football on how things can be done, not should, but can be. Yeah, I know I talked to a recent recruit here in Chicago. That's a big time recruit. Oh, it's not a 3.5 kid, you know. And literally, I was, you know, I, we had a discussion about it. And he was like, yo, I messed up my freshman and my sophomore year. And he said, once you start off that, it's hard to really. He was like, yo, you look at my first two years academically compared to my last two years, and it's night and day, you know. He said, I can't. That's, a, that's the standard college kid. Notre Dame yeah. is just a hyper focused niche of people that know that put together two good halves. Most college kids put together one good half. I mean, it's you figure things out. Notre Dame's just a place where it's more likely that guys that got it figured out are putting forth the effort early. It's just an earlier effort made by Notre Dame kids. Uh-huh. Doesn't determine the, the future, but usually the kids that or at Notre Dame, start early and finish strong late too. So it's just right. a stronger group of that. But you got to think Notre Dame's enrollment isn't what some of these bigger places are either. Yeah. And Anthony Solomon. Yeah. That, you know, that might be proof that he will be able to make it in college. Because a lot of kids just don't even care. But the fact that he cared changed his ways. And if you took his GPA his junior senior year probably would be three point something, you know? And yo. I mean, it ain't that far from high school. And I, you know, no. I'm, in the, I'm in the high school sort of thing now. And you know, these kids in, in, in school just is, <laughs> I can see why it's hard for, it's easy, but it's That's hard. It's a different for world, kids. bro. Yeah, it's just different. So the importance, different world. Of, the importance of grades is just, it's just different and, for the general population. And then environment, right, bro? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And environment. Like, we, like, baby girl came home for the holiday and we're sitting around talking with family at, at, at the Thanksgiving dinner table. And she's talking about surfing and all the things that she's doing. And people, you know, are looking at her scrunched up face like, you surfing, surfing. 
Yeah. Like we we don't surf. What you talking about? No, you've never been exposed to the yeah, environment. You ain't been out there. You know, he, 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 that's that's yeah. it. You don't know what you're capable of liking if you're not around it. You know, yeah, and that's, that that's is just like phones. You know, the phones and social media just to access the people that forty well shit twenty thirty years ago. Yeah, you're not talking to nobody in Nova Scotia that you're dating now, and now you're dating right. them, and it only happened because social media or whatever. So, you know, we didn't even have iPhones and apps and all that in high school. That was like yeah. beginning of college. So I can yeah. only imagine what kids and how distracting social media and the phones are now in high school. These kids don't want to do nothing. They don't want to do nothing to be on the phone for real. And uh, this is interesting. Roosevelt Carney says winning a national championship is not how on the list for these kids. Only fans care about championships. I can't speak to that. I can't. Um, just like this transfer portal thing, I'm I'm left. I know where you always stood, but I'm starting to come around more to have more empathy for the players when it comes to the business because. The players have been mistreated, lied to, and taken advantage of from a roster standpoint, from a business standpoint for so long. It's like when they finally get an opportunity, why do they need to be muzzled? Why do they need guard reps? It's like because the NCAA, these institutions, and these conferences, they haven't had guardrails. I think that's one of the main reasons why they're really coming after Jim Harbaugh, because Jim Harbaugh is one of the main guys saying, yo, we need revenue sharing. Yeah, and I think it, it just makes sense. These It's hard. I think these professional leagues have it figured out because money is involved. Mm -hmm. And what is going to come down to is these schools taking control mm -hmm. of what's been so crazy, and they're just going to have to copy what the professional leagues have to a science paying players and, and and controlling how they get paid and offering what they can get paid at certain schools is what it's going to come down to because that's what these teams do to stay and have the leverage. Right now, these schools don't have no leverage over these kids when it comes to what can be offered and all of that. The only way it gets regulated is if the schools start doing it. And if the schools start doing it, it'll it'll have a, a better organization to it because now you get tiers of kids that fall into tiers of schools that got the most money so now it starts to make sense when ryan day and dion and nick saban and all these coaches go up there and be like it's going to cost x amount to get a quarterback x amount to get a defensive end and and if we want to be in these top brackets of teams that's what it's going to cost. That, then it makes sense when they go up there and complain if the schools are having a hand in it. Now, if you're doing it the way we're doing it now, you can get funding from anywhere. You know, and it's, and it's a lot more loose. And, and I think national championship exists for kids in a perfect world. If you can get paid and go win, yeah, that's what they want. But you're still talking about the top three percent Keon Keeley can make a decision like that I know I can get a couple mil and go win if you're not the three percent 
You got to pick one. Or some don't even have a choice. Some is just, these are still, like, I think just because of the media and how it's blown up, mm-hmm. it's, it's made it seem like all these kids are at the free range of getting a million dollars to go somewhere and play. We're talking about a, if there's a 3,000 kids in recruiting, we're talking about the top 50. <laughs> maybe, maybe more than it. Shoot, it's probably like 20,000 kids trying to get recruited realistically as high school seniors. Maybe what? Realistically, what you think? It's probably around 25,000 kids, seniors, recruited every yeah something like that and we're talking about 50 kids with the access of getting x amount of dollars to go somewhere like that's what we're talking about so and it is it is um in that the nuance of it left that changes things that goes back to what roosevelt was saying times are different man times are different kids have more options they have more to think about a five-star kid back in the 80s, that's all dude. Being on TV and playing for a national championship is all they had to think about. That's right. There wasn't anything else. And you had no liberty once you signed that letter of intent. You were pretty much locked in. There. You was the schools. You were theirs. You belonged to them. Period. If a booster gave you a little money, okay. You just you just got it right now. Okay, you got it. You cool, right? Now, so many options, man. I'm a five-star. Yo, I can actually call schools, have schools in a bidding war. Up until, that, dude, up until five minutes before I announced on National Sign Day, I can have schools in a bidding war for my service. Caleb Williams had schools in a bidding war. Eastern Michigan offered the kid a million dollars. A million dollars just to come to Eastern Michigan for one year. And they know darn well he wasn't coming to Eastern Michigan. It was offered though. There you go. They took their shot. I can't knock the hustle. You it never just, know. It all, it all, it all, it all evens and balances itself out. We always today, man. Every high school has an example of the ugly dude that ended up with the pretty girl in high school. He yeah, took his shot. He, yeah, he, he took his shot. It's like. And sometimes it works. Sometimes, most of the time, it doesn't. But then, realistically, still, we're we're still talking about kids choosing between eight schools a year that have yeah. serious potential to win a championship. And it's just those eight schools now have shuffled up a little bit more and extended it to maybe ten or twelve because of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. 12 teams you can take seriously that are that are looking to win. If a kid is a top 100 player in the country, he's looking at those 8 or 9 or 10 or 12 schools right now that are legitimate. You can win, develop, and get paid. There's a bunch of schools outside the 12 schools that we're talking about that 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 love you for you to come to the university. For us, we're in the top 12 schools that is trying to do all three, get you to try effective. And it's in, in picking between those kids, you're going to have to spend some money. And, we, and we're and we getting, I'm finding a little bit more out about us spending a little bit. 
but it's that's the competitive arena in which is set which is which is evolved to mm-hmm. you got to spend a little money to stay in the top 12 best teams and these kids are making decisions based off of that because even think back to 2010 the college football committee it was the bcs championship they was picking between two teams i felt like there was way more controversy in that and more unfairness in that than in the the top four same thing with these kids it's it's only two schools that's in the championship every year ohio state alabama Clemson, whatever georgia now with the 12 team expansion and nil texas is a factor Washington is a factor. These other teams that are trying to make a run with players that may not be at Alabama. But we get a, a, a bunch of pretty solid four stars. We can we can appear to be a, a competitor to the teams that have clearly out recruited everybody else. Mm-hmm. Tennessee pop and have a year where you like, oh, they they can be something. But they they don't last long, which I think a lot of teams would be fluctuating in between the twelve. Because I think Oregon will have some downtime in the future. Washington after next year probably have some. I think they yeah. have another year being solid. But after that, I don't think they'll. Too much turnover happens in college football for some of these teams that teeter in the 12. I think you'll have a constant four, though, you know. Yeah. Something Georgia else you have to watch, Left. I know this for a fact. I see kids that have no interest in coming to Notre Dame. But they'll have their little post saying decision coming soon and put Notre Dame in their top six. Yeah, it's not a serious thing. You know why? Because yeah. Notre Dame being in your top six increases. It legitimizes the person. It legitimizes yeah. the person. Because we don't just, first of all, we not in, we don't offer a bunch of top guys like you would expect. Like mm-hmm. you know the the main the main five stars okay but outside of like just regular four stars and stuff we don't really we not we recruit more guys that you be like who was that I ain't never heard of him like Evan Stewart probably didn't have a Notre Dame offer for real and if he did it probably wasn't the first of his offers probably like you know once you get after you cross twenty five scholarships you okay you just gonna start getting some but Evan Stewart wasn't Notre Dame's first Notre Dame didn't offer him first. Evan Stewart's a top player. Hell, we didn't recruit Caleb Williams. Didn't even recruit Caleb Williams. We didn't even recruit C.J. Stroud. I mean, dang. Didn't even recruit.